So the problem is obviously not engagement, but the problem is to know in who are those fans that are engaging with you on social media. You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I'm your host, Thomas Alomes. Great to have you join us on today's show. Uh, I'm joined by Roy Moser, COO and co-founder at Pico Get Personal. They're a SaaS platform that helps sports teams and brands build one-on-one relationships with their fans by take, making it easy to connect with them natively in the social channels they prefer. And what a difference a day makes or a few days as is the case. With this interview, as you'll hear, I recorded this chat with Roy at the end of last week, just before the NBA suspended the season uh, and most other sporting leagues followed suit due to the COVID-19, also known as the coronavirus pandemic. So obviously that forms a large part of our discussion, uh, talking about the impact of that on sporting teams, but also the opportunity there. At times of social upheaval and crisis, such as the one we are unarguably experiencing currently, people turn to social media to avoid isolation and maintain their sense of community connection, a connection that's best embodied between sporting teams and their fans. People also turn to social media to seek real-time news and updates of developing situations, such as what's been happening with the cancellation and suspension of various leagues and the health of individual players. In the context of all of this, Roy and I discuss how it's incredibly important for teams to be able to know and connect with their fans directly. That is to say, transitioning someone from an unknown social media persona to a known digital fan that can be captured within the team's database and then have personalised content delivered to them. Essentially, it's all about teams owning their own fans. I know the vast majority of you won't be commuting into the office this week, but equally have a few more hours uh, in the day to spend on on learning and developing. And, and that's certainly how I hope everyone's seeing this opportunity rather than seeing it as, as you're trapped in your home or you're trapped in, in wherever you are at the moment. Uh, so there's plenty more Sports Tech Feed episodes available if you'd like at sportstechfeed.com. My other recommendation, if you want something a little bit lighter, is uh, the ESPN 30 for 30 documentaries. So... They're an entertaining, interesting look into some of the momentous sports stories uh, throughout the years. So perfect for whiling away those hours on the couch during some social distancing. On another note, we've also developed the Sports Tech Booster Pack for sports tech companies under 100 employees to continue to focus on growth without the need to leave the office. This is a digital package of benefits, including a one-hour coaching and mentoring session, as well as promotion across the Sports Tech World Series social media channels. You can check out a bit more and register as well if you're interested sportstechworldseries.com forward slash booster pack. So I first mentioned this initiative on the show about two weeks ago, which honestly feels like a lifetime considering uh, it was before the full first of COVID pandemic had hit. And obviously fingers crossed that it doesn't get much worse than this, but uh, all the medical advice seems to be that uh, we're bracing for impact. So we'd originally developed that booster pack for sports tech companies that didn't necessarily have the resources to attend industry conferences uh, and networking events. But the feedback that we've gotten so far is it's really helping a whole range of sports tech companies continue to focus on building and growing in the face of these unprecedented restrictions on travel and gatherings. So I'm certainly hoping that it's something that helps your business and always feel free to share or refer that on. So that's enough uh, doom and gloom from me for now. Look after yourselves in all seriousness. Look after yourselves and, of course, each other. And here's Roy Moser from Pico Get Personal. Great to have you joining us on the podcast. Roy Moser, COO of Pico Get Personal. Hey, Thomas. Thank you very much for having me. That's great. And where are you calling in from at the moment? 
At the moment, I'm at home, at home in the environment in Israel, uh, in the upper north of the country, in the upper Galilee, it's called. I live in a kibbutz, but that's a totally different uh, conversation for now. <laughs> that's yeah. But Israel, Israel is the yeah. main thing. So, um, and we're obviously back in the in the studio in Austin. So, but great to have you joining us. And I think something that we will touch in this episode is the kind of startup nation Israel ecosystem. But to start with. Can you explain what Pico Get Personal is and, and the problem that it's solving within sports? Sure. So we are mainly helping sports teams, brand, um, broadcasters, publishers, newspapers and such to identify their online fans. And by online fans, I'm meaning, you know, those fans that are uh, engaging with them on social media or through their app or digital we- uh, website. And they practically don't know anything about them. And if we're talking about the problem, then what is interesting is, you know, sports fans and, and sports in, in general is the second number. It's the second highest engagement uh, field. Let's call it this way. You know the first one, by the way? No. So it's alcohol brands. They have Al- the most, the, the highest, the highest engagement rates on social media. So the problem is obviously not engagement, but the problem is to know in who are those fans that are engaging with you on social media. So, you know, every team has between few thousands of thousands to millions of fans, which practically on their databases, which they own only the data from fans that, you know, bought tickets or merchandise or went to the stadium and bought this and that. So there is a huge gap in, in between those databases. And what we are trying to do is just help them, you know, bridge this gap and connect all the dots. So is that, um, if I'm understanding correctly, that is saying someone like uh, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or you know, TikTok, whoever it is, um, social media, you may like a, a page. I like uh, the West Coast Eagles Football Club in Australia. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's many people listening that would know who they are, but I do. I like them on Facebook. I'm, I'm a mad fan of them. Um, but they wouldn't necessarily have that. They just have one Facebook like and then the data about me and then also marrying my social media persona with me as a season ticket holder. Is that where you're playing, kind of matching those? Yeah, pretty much is. So it doesn't even have to be necessarily a like. So let's say that the sports team's having a, a post that is really engaged on, on social media and that the network can be any network that the fans are. So that's the another beauty in what we do. So we tag along to any engagement vehicle that you have wherever in the world. So we are global. We can work with every, any social media, uh, Chinese, Japanese, everyone. And the thing is that on this specific comment, post, sorry, you can have thousands of hundreds of thousands of likes, comments, and shares. And it's really good. I mean, that's engagement is pretty, you know, one, 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 uh, one part of the equation. But what about knowing about those friends? This is the bridge that we're helping them to get. Uh, so we're doing activations on social media or in digital. It could be web or uh, app. And... Among those activations, there's our fun stuff, little games or trivia quizzes or voting for your the highlight. And during this conversation, we're asking, you know, fans data points about themselves that are valuable and helping the team to solve any business objectives that they wish to solve. Yeah. And so who are some of the teams that you're working with at the moment? Some of the teams. Um, it's the from Israel. We have Maccabi Tel Aviv basketball, which is well-known team in in, in Europe because of the Euroleague that they won a few times. Um, Maccabi Haifa football, uh, the Sports Five, the Israeli Sports Channel. We're working in in the US. 
Um, really briefly, some teams on the NHL, like the St. Louis Blues that won the Stanley Cup last year, uh, Nashville Predators, um, Los Angeles Clippers, uh, and few more in Europe. You have Borussia Dortmund and a few others on the way. Yeah, so There's quite a spread. And, um, as I mentioned at the beginning, I mean, that's probably a good point um, to kind of bring up the Israel tech ecosystem. Um, obviously, as you said, calling in from a, um, a kibbutz in, in northern Israel and working with these global teams. How, how did that kind of come about, I guess? And, and can you share a little bit about um, how you actually met your co-founder and what you guys were doing before um, uh, Pico Get Personal? Yeah, I think that's so a definitely fun transition into the into this this grand world of sports tech. Yeah, you know it's a fun transi- transition when you will get in a moment how connected it is. So one of my co-founders, Asaf, which is our CEO, uh, we were business partners at a local bar in Haifa. So it was a really popular bar, uh, over three hundred seats in it. It was was quite full. Asaf opened it, and I joined him in two thousand and ten. Uh, we, we ran the bar together and uh, we always, you know, um, had the, the look on the bar from the business side of it. So, you know, every uh, alcohol agent that came and sat in our office always laughed about us and tell us, come on, guys, you're not outside. You're not meeting with the people. You're not, you know, drinking shots with them. And this, this wasn't, wasn't our thing from the beginning. So we went to this as a business from, you know, running and managing uh, money, sometimes a lot of money. And doing it independently from young age. Uh, during this time in the bar, we continuously doing um, technological projects. Uh, some of them to help us, you know, to generate more revenue, and some of them to help us to get to a better, better reach. So we did some things on Facebook when when it just started and stuff like that. Uh, and one of the one of the ideas was. Uh, it was a really nice one that was went all the way and we founded it and we uh, played with it in the bar. It was a self-service bar that you come, you, you sit in front of uh, a tap and you swipe your card and then you, you, you just pay by the milliliters, uh, which, which was really nice. Um, and then we got into Pico through one of my co-founders' wedding when he sat down and, and after the wedding he said, you know what, everyone took a picture of me and the crowd and I don't own those pictures. I don't have them. And then we started Pico as a photo sharing app. You know, what little may say, may know that Pico is represents as picture collector. Like the, yeah. Yeah. the initials of picture collector. And it was, you know, an app that ran in the background before Instagram that would collect images from, you know, private events and automatically sharing them with the bride or the broom or with a, for a business side of it. That's how we started Pico. That's how we f- uh, first were introduced into the American market. If we're talking about a bit the Israeli, you know, high tech nations and yeah. Israeli, Israeli is not that big a sandbox for us. So we immediately knew that our go to market needs to be the US and we immediately wanted to do it as fast as we can with, without, you know, and the mo- most cost effective way for us in terms of funds and, you know, spending time without our families because we all have families. Uh, at that time, uh, another co-founder of ours joined the team, Aviv. He's our CTO. And we spent some time in the U.S. We, we did few acceleration programs. The first one was Startup Bootcamp when we, it yep. was the first batch in Israel. The second one was uh, Dream It Philly, which we you know, really opened our eyes to America and to the American market. 
Um, I think that all you, you know, you need is, is this uh, entrepreneurial spirit and, and then the, the right, uh, uh, you know, uh, specs where to go and then you'll navigate the way to the right path. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think that's a fantastic story coming from the, as you said, the entrepreneurial spirit getting into and then into something in sports technology and that kind of um, success is really a straight line as well. <laughs> so, um, and you point around Israel not being a very big sandbox. Um, I mean, that's something that we always say is, is you've got to be born born global or die local if, if you are for sports tech um, startups listening or even small to medium-sized businesses in sports technology. If you're not thinking about the world, as your addressable market, um, you're probably doomed to fail because it is, it's a very big, big market, but at the same time, it's a very small place. So, um, and that's something that Israel's done really well at, is he's just kind of getting out there, there's entrepreneurs from Israel going, all right, we've got this fantastic product, we've got this fantastic kind of solution, let's just, let's go, let's go straight out and, um, and push into markets. So that's, that's really interesting. So bringing it back to the, the kind of product that you're doing and, and understanding more about digital fans, is that something that um, is in the stadium or out of the stadium? Is it like what kind of touch points do you need to be able to convert them into a known, kind of in air quotes, mm-hmm. a known fan versus a um, someone that just exists in, in kind of social media cyberspace? Okay, so first of all, we have we we want to achieve as many touch points with the fans as we with the fans as we can. So we definitely know that some of them are so on social media, digital or app, but some of them, which is you know highly uh, highly high value crowd, let's call it this way, is in the stadium. So in order to activate one of our activations on social media, all you need to do is either uh, click a link or uh, send a trigger word, as we call it, to the, one of the social media like Facebook Messenger, Twitter DM, uh, etc. So what's going on in the, in the in arena side is that they can promote like a game. Uh, I'll tell you an example of St. Louis Blues and Wendy's. They're promoting who's going to score the first goal tonight. And then they are saying to the entire crowd, send us the word uh, vote over Facebook Messenger or Twitter DM. And that's how the process starts. So you're inside your phone and we have um, a great view of results to this to, to screen on the broadcast. And then, you know, it's it's like a poll and the results has changed. And you, you as a voter, you will see your Facebook avatar on the screen, like profile picture on the screen. And so it's really engaging. And in that point, we have a lot of gamification parts that can go along, like a memory game. So one fan cl- plays from inside his phone, from inside Messenger on the big screen. We're screening his fan, his device to the big screen. And then the entire, the, the PA announced, now you can compete against, you know, Thomas, try to beat him. We shift those results to the fastest fans and everyone can compete from their seat. Yep. So the next follow-up question to that is that's touching on those um, kind of fan engagement experiences. Fantastic. In a stadium full of people. In 2020, coronavirus, COVID-19 um, is obviously presenting a huge threat to uh, sports from around the world. Um, I think probably the biggest that comes to mind is the Olympics later in the year and the and, you know, only time will tell. We can listen back to this in a year and, and <laughs> see if it is cancelled or moved or whatever it is. But um, certainly industry events and um, uh, the Ivy League uh, basketball tournament uh, has just been said that it's going to be played with 
it's going to be cancelled completely, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. And they're seriously talking about playing the NBA without fans in the stadium. How then does Pico help or how then does fan engagement work if there's no one in the stadiums? Uh, so that's the part of having, you know, multiple platforms a uh, product. So one of, one of our vehicles is in arena. But the, our main vehicles that are bringing, you know, on a, on a typical stadium, you have 20, 30, 40, 50,000 fans sitting. But on social media, you can reach at a millions. So that's, that's, the, that's where I see the teams now going and being much more innovative in their approach on social media and digital and web. Um, so their fans want to be intrigued. They want to be exposed to the, to certain infos that happens during the game, and then will then they will need to find a way to you know better uh, promote this on social media. They they don't have any yeah. other choice besides that. Yeah. So it's using social media much more strongly to inform fans of goings on during the game, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously in the lead up and post, um, and then turning that engagement they receive from the, the social media posts into known fans that they can then build into their database and then um, potentially market to uh, going on. Yeah, correct, exactly. So the goal is, again, to reach as many, as many more eyeballs as we can that will interact and engage with our activations that will happily drive more uh, data for the team and then valuable data they can obviously interact in a personal way to each to each uh, fan so th- that's again one of our uh, strengths is everything is being personalized so if you are a fan and you we ask you've been asked for who's your favorite player then from now on the team knows that x is your favorite player and they can send you just you know targeted cont it could be start from content to merchandise items preferred by this player with a direct link to Bayern. that's another aspect of our biggest value proposition to you know tag and label this personal personal info that the fans are sharing with us uh, into a better conversion yeah definitely is there is there privacy concerns with this um, in terms of gathering this data, or is it because it's done natively through the social media channels? It's that's kind of captured in um, their terms and conditions, I guess. So, so first, it it does under the the terms of policies of the social different social media. Uh, second, we are uh, completely GDPR compliant. So every step in the process that you're doing and you're sharing with us data on you've been asked to approve to use this data in future uses. Um, and second, you know, this data uh, is not is, is driven for better uh, communication with the fan, and the fans are much more involved with them doing so. So eventually uh, something good happened when they're getting content directly to Messenger or Twitter DM with, you know, their preferred content to see. So if you think of a league, that doesn't know which fan, you know, uh, is a real fan of which team they can ask and from that moment drive only um, uh, content that is related to the specific team. Yeah, eventually, it's a win-win situation. The fans are answering it in a way that it's part of the conversation and it's not, uh, it's ever, it's always, it's not uh, you know, private, uh, sensitive information. We obviously store it and we obviously store it carefully. Uh, that's a different topic yeah. as well. Okay, cool. Every 
Yeah, for for to you know to sum this up, we are under the, the you know the the strictest guidelines as in terms of privacy. Uh, uh, now even more now in nowadays when we saw something you know with with, with few other sports teams and products that you know broke those lines. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's I mean that's something that fans aren't as um, aware of. Maybe maybe the law's a little bit ahead of where fans are, but it's certainly a trend that. Um, uh, society and and obviously fans as a sports fans as a subset of societies as a big kind of globular whole um uh being a lot more um uh a lot more serious i guess about like protecting their data and things like that but as you said if you give someone a fantastic experience where then they're kind of um they're seeing everything their social media is kind of blowing up with all the stuff that they are really interested in um, then it, it kind of improves that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. exactly. how does it work with, um, so the different social media channels, where, where, what are the most popular ones that you're working with teams on? Like where is most of um, kind of the fan engagement along different channels? And you can include everything from TikTok to LinkedIn. Um, where does that all fit? What's the most popular? Uh, so the, the, that's a tricky question because it depends on you know which part of the globe you're looking for. Okay, yeah, well in, then, you know which well then age groups per, per country. Let's break it down that way per kind of country, um, <laughs> and then I guess per age group more generally. Um, what's yeah. what's the most popular? So mainly the top three are Facebook Messenger, uh, Twitter, Twitter, and Instagram. So Instagram stories uh, work really well for us uh, in, ter- in terms of the engagement in, uh, within the team's uh, you know, the profiles. Um, I do see TikTok, you know, uh, barging out and, you know, teams are rushing to open, um, uh, to open new profiles on that. They, they don't have any, you know, certain API outside that we can tag along with so we can only you know shift the traffic from one side to other which is again it's not bad because you then know who is your TikTok fan in, in other social networks yep. um, but that's mainly it I mean in terms of age age group then I think it's it's sports sports teams and sports fans are really you know you have the the older fans that are much more engaged and have you know seasonal membership for years which they will be on Facebook, on Facebook yep. Messenger. And then you, the younger crowd will be, you know, everywhere from Twitter to Instagram. Uh, uh, we usually don't work under 18 or under 20, 21, so it depends on, on the laws and of the specific social network and the specific country. So on, on TikTok, it's a pretty, you know, loose on that part. Uh, yeah. Okay. But, and again, app, app uh, for us, app and web uh, traffic is really high as well. So if you think of the app, they uh, we we can implement a widget that they, they will have the same feature as Facebook Messenger or any other conversational part that we're doing inside the app as well. And how does that um, reflect uh, around the world? Is it Twitter's more prevalent in the U.S. versus kind of Europe or Israel? Where does it where does it flow that way? Yeah, so uh, U.S. is you know t- Twitter is very strong in in the U.S. compared to Europe. We do see you know high peaks in coming up from Europe, Europe right now, especially from Germany uh, area. Uh, the younger crowd are getting into Germany as well. Uh, in Israel, you know, we're 
completely only on Facebook Messenger and Instagram. Not all I can tell you that not all of the teams have you know Twitter accounts for sometimes. And, but that's again the reflecting the size of the country and the amount of the crowd that you can be you can uh, you know interact with yeah rather than spreading themselves too thin across a lots of social networks it's kind of forcing people to the um the big ones yeah definitely okay cool um in terms of kind of growth where's what are the next steps or where do you see this evolution going um with this kind of fan engagement and um getting the fans known fans is it something that it's uh, just still working with um, the existing social media networks or is it kind of getting them off social media and kind of keeping hanging on to the fans and say putting them through a, a personalized app or something like that that the teams have um, it's 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 all a battle of the databases so as long as you have really good uh, you know segmented databases then you'll be fine um, I think that the the goal for us at least is to be as a, at every touch point that the fan has with his with the teams that he loves. So if it's on social media, we will be there. If it's in in app or uh, web, we'll be there. If it's in arena, we'll be there. And then we'll keep extending to new and new um, features and item we can cross between those social platforms. Um, that's mainly on our side where we see ourselves in the future, you know, barging new markets. If you talk about, you know, find, you know, getting to know those unknown fans, then I can tell you that, that we are completely, you know, transforming the market on this field. We're sitting in, you know, uh, we're sitting on uh, meetings with sports teams and then their eyes pops once we talk about, yeah, we can, we can tell you who are your real fans of social media. And not, you know, letting only Facebook and Google and ha- hang this data for you. And then you, when you want it, you need, you know, to pay for them in order to do paid promotion. Yeah. So, so kind of coming back from that, um, is there a risk with those big social media platforms that if they kind of do something, change their APIs, whatever that is, um, that they restrict your ability to access that data? Um, I don't really think so. First of all, we're doing a big service for those social media. We're uh, making people, you know, interact on those channels, which I don't know if they are big as they want to be. So every time it's a conversation happening with us, you know, it's happening through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So this, you know, engagement stays along those lines. Uh, Regarding the data, everything is being, you know, kept uh, during a conversational part we're doing with, uh, with the fan and, you know, leveraging AI to know things, what, from you know the, the the concept that or the context that he's talking about, um, I don't see that there's a risk, and and we're you know hanging on a lot of a lot of channels besides Facebook Messenger, so we can only always shift you know it, like let's say in the worst case scenario, we will still have a lot of you know people to interact with, or at least for for our teams for now. Yeah, definitely cool. And what do you? I mean. Coronavirus. We've talked about that a little bit before. How has that? How has that affected your business? Has it affected your business? Um, not really. Uh, as a company, we have uh, you know, uh, it's not mandatory to work at the office. That's first. So you can choose at which days you come to the office. At least here in Israel, that's the that's the motto here. And uh, besides that, I don't really think it's affected the. Uh, you know, on a, on a bad way. We're working on a few interesting stuff that we'll be launching really, really soon that involves, you know, um, 
high amount of fans into you know one activation one media center that will be living inside of those social medias that can solve all of the problems that comes from you know fans can't be at their uh, stadium as we talked before uh, providing them with more info making them much more involved with the team this is what the teams need to be focused now keeping their fans involved and you know involve high involvement keeps you know fans being shifting the fence from the inner fanatics and then at the end spending more money on the team so yeah definitely okay that's just some interesting stuff um, and finally just to wrap up I'd love to know your favorite sporting moment of all time Wow I think uh, it was let me think of it it was a hard question good for you Thomas um, I think it was one of the the winning shots of Michael Jordan uh, at the NBA playoffs I can't really tell you know the date right now on top of my head sorry about that we can look that up I mean he had a few is it his mid-range jumper when he yeah yeah maybe his mid-range that, jumper yeah. or his crossover that we he knocked out um, who, who was it Joe, Joe Stockton or something like that that's a moment I will never forget Yeah, cool. Well, we can look up um, some footage of that and share that on the show notes afterwards. So we've got that and we'll, um, we'll include a little bit uh, about Pico as well. So you can, you can go on there and have a look. Um, and if there's anything else you want to share kind of with our listeners as well, we'll, we'll put a link up to there. So um, hopefully you're right and coronavirus is, uh, is, is not going to affect your business and, and plenty of other businesses, but certainly some good advice for um, teams there to start really... over indexing on their their kind of social and their digital activations to keep fans engaged when they obviously can't be in the stadiums yeah definitely cool all right thanks so much Roy great to have you on thank you very much Thomas and that was Roy Moser from Pico get personal fascinating story uh, just really sums up the entrepreneurial spirit something that Israel is very famous for. Uh, is the high-tech nation and the the startup nation and also amazing that going from you know working in a bar and as he said not necessarily doing shots but pouring shots and the, the using some technology innovations uh, and then seeing various needs and, and growing his company so we love to hear stories like that on the show um, hopefully that's inspiring some other sports tech entrepreneurs out there uh, and also some of our friends at the teams um, if you're interested in Pico obviously have a look into it Show notes and more episodes are at sportstechfeed.com. Uh, and as I said at the end of the show, I'm sure everyone's kind of overhearing about COVID-19, but some things are bigger than sports and, and certainly seeing what the impact that it's had on the sporting world. So as I said, look after yourself and others and uh, maybe go back and watch some of your, your favorite sporting moments if, if you've got a point and remember what it's hopefully going to be like after all this, uh, all this goes away and we can go back to... understanding what it's what a privilege it is to have people in stands and and to be able to enjoy sports as it is and also the way that technology can help all that happen a lot more seamlessly I've been Thomas Loes thanks again <laughs>